Welcome to the Insight. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. We are discussing the devastating earthquakes that have hit, hit um, Turkey as well as Syria. And my guest, my second guest for this evening is Nurbanu Kizil. She is a senior editor covering breaking developments on Turkey and world news with the Daily Sabah. She also has a history and political science degree from the University of Toronto. Nurbanu, welcome to the show. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Thank you for having me. Shukran for making time for us. Well, this is quite, you know, um, I'm, I'm still trying to wrap my head around all of the pictures and all of the social media coverage that's been coming through uh, from Turkey, from Syria, with regards to the earthquakes. And, it, it, you know, it's so massive that one can't sort of, when you see these pictures and all these video clips coming through, it's hard to imagine how people they are actually feeling right now and what they are going through. Um, but the, you know, the sense of urgency is very palpable in those videos, especially seeing that it's now the third day and aid is still slowly trickling in because of the devastation around most of the parts that have been affected. Um, tell us a little bit about what you've been, um, you know, seeing with regards to what's happened in these areas. Uh, well, rescue efforts are ongoing at full speed. Even this morning, they saved, they saved, uh, rescued uh, a five-year-old girl from the rubble after about 50 hours. So there are still people alive begging for help under the rubble. And rescue efforts are ongoing. But it's slow, like you said, because the devastation is so big um, that they can't reach everyone. It's impossible. Uh, the roads have been destroyed. Homes are destroyed. Hospitals are destroyed. It's just, it's just unprecedented. Two major earthquakes, one after the other, and it's really difficult to just respond like you would in a ordinary um, disaster situation. It's really extraordinary right now, and Turkey is seeking all help it can from international partners. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of help has been coming through or countries have been pledging assistance, either financial assistance, aid, um, you know, medical aid or food aid. Um, but mm -hmm. right now, I think what is needed is more boots on the ground. People who are able mm -hmm. to handle crisis management, be able to mm -hmm. get in there and rescue people because the temperatures are very low, obviously, and people are yes. not able to survive that. Um, for long mm -hmm. periods of time. But we've mm -hmm. also seen what, what um, you know, the world has come forward. And we're talking about countries who haven't had a really good um, relationship with Turkey, but they've come forward. And you mentioned earlier on Egypt as well as Israel, I think, also has come forward to assist. Yes, they have all pledged to help. Um, they pledged to send teams, um, send aid, um, just do whatever they can. They said they're ready to just help Turkey uh, get back up on its feet. And um, they extended their condolences. Um, it's just, there's so much solidarity right now. There's so much positive um, energy coming in. And I think that really um, boosts the mood because People in Turkey really need that support, not just financial support, but psychological, mental support is also really important right now. 
You know, it, it's it's what we would look at as a really a catastrophe, what we're seeing at the moment of unprecedented standards. But at the same time, you mentioned that people are coming together, there's solidarity, there's unity. And it's mm-hmm. not just within Turkey, but we're seeing this coming from the rest of the world as well. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. it's 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 almost when people say God's plan, and this almost seems like one of his plans where he's trying to show us that, um, you know, this is what we need, unity, unity mm-hmm. across the world, humanity. And we're seeing that at the moment. Yes, unfortunately, this is a very bad situation to see that unity. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a disaster. And even Ukraine, you know, which yes. is currently undergoing a war, they pledged to send help. Armenia pledged to send help. It's just heartwarming to see that happening. Even though there are negative comments on social media and there have been negative comments coming from some French magazines. Yes. I think the positive vibes overcome those negative negativity. Talking about the negativity, and that was the Charlie Hebdo um, cartoon that we've seen that, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's really bad in bad taste. But um, at the same time, this is something that we've seen previously. And uh, but this time, it seems as if they've made a huge mistake, because obviously there's been quite a bit of backlash with regards to that cartoon. Yes, of course, because there is so much human suffering right now that cannot be that cannot be used for comedy. It's not comedy. You cannot, I mean, you cannot exploit that situation yes. for your own purpose. That's that's not even a purpose. I mean, it doesn't help at all because people are undergoing such immense catastrophe right now. And that's the last thing that Turkey and the Turkish people need right now. We just need prayers. We would prefer prayers. And I know that France is also helping. So we are aware that a single magazine does not represent the nation. Yes. But um, we condemn such disgusting content being spread. Mm-hmm. And then from a, you know, for looking at it from a, another perspective is um, a lot of people within the Indian diaspora have also been quite negative. I mean, you've seen some of the comments made on social media like Twitter where they've um, you know, because it's a, a Muslim country, um, mm-hmm. have a lot to say with regards to that, particularly with the Islamophobia quite rampant in India at the moment. But I think there again, you know, we're seeing a lot of people coming out and saying, you know, this is not the time or the place to be doing this. And mm-hmm. in in that way, I think we've seen humanity come forth and um, it's quite heartwarming. But with the developments taking place in Turkey right now, I don't think anybody in Turkey is quite interested in looking at those things. It's the rest of the world that's actually looking. But um, for Turkey, um, you know, going forward, how do you see, um, you know, there's been a previous earthquake, uh, maybe not the same scale of damage, but close. And Turkey's had to rebuild. Would this mean that, you know, the rebuilding for Turkey would be almost like a rebirth? Once again, do you see do you see things change um, from a social and political point for Turkey? Well, unfortunately, it is. Yes, it will definitely cause great change. And um, maybe there will be new laws to make sure that this does not repeat in the future because um, Turkey is on a fault line and we expect earthquakes anytime, mm. not just in the southeast, but in Istanbul, in other parts of the country, in the south. So there will definitely be 
great change in terms of city planning, um, social housing. I'm expecting lots of social housing initiatives in the near future by the government. Um, hospitals will be need to rebuild. Um, so there will be lots of new policies. Um, but how that's going to unfold, we can't really tell right now because the whole focus is on what can be saved right now, who can be saved, even mm -hmm. if it's just one person. That's what everybody is focusing on right now, feeding and just making sure that people do not die from hypothermia because, like you said before, it's really cold in the southeast and people are just, even like some people are alive, but they end up dying because of hypothermia because it's freezing um so it's still too early to talk about what will happen in the near future because everybody is just so focused on what we can do right now what can be done right now to save more lives also looking at those areas they some of them are pretty mountainous areas so getting help to them has been slow but um, those who are trying to help, many of the, you know, you know, from South Africa, we've got Islamic Relief, Gift of the Givers, mm -hmm. many other people coming through from other countries, mm -hmm. same. Um, when you're looking at the situation, uh, you know, uh, other than the fact that uh, obviously the rebuilding, but the lives of people have been affected. I mean, you've lost homes, you've lost family members. Mm -hmm. um, you know, how are people dealing with this on the ground at the moment? Um, well, the transfer of aid workers and rescue workers are all taking in coordination with um, Turkey's Disaster Management Agency. Um, last night, the vice president said they are using all airports in the area to transport aid workers, rescue workers, volunteers, everyone, and they coordinate the work. And they actually closed the roads coming into those disaster zones right now only rescue um, and search workers can go in. Um, and everybody has been trying to do something. Like I've seen so many chefs going in the region to cook for the people because they're hungry, they can't find food. Supermarkets have been destroyed. Bakeries have been destroyed. There's no water. So it's really, they can't access anything even if they have the money and if their homes weren't destroyed. Um, so that's that's one of the things. And um, I'm sorry, what was your question? Um, also, the the aid workers that are there working at the mm -hmm. moment, I mean, they've been mm -hmm. doing most of them for long periods of time under very trying circumstances. So they must be very, very tired, um, you know, uh, and many of them have been saying, you know, that they don't even know whether some of their family members may have been affected because they've been working in these areas trying to get people to safety. Mm -hmm. that, yes, that's right. But um, I've seen so many aid workers and volunteers, just people volunteering to pull people out of the rubble. They are just pouring their hearts and minds. They're just sacrificing themselves mm. right now, basically. It's it's a sacrifice. Whoever goes there, they, they don't they don't care if they're gonna die. They don't care if something is gonna happen to them. They're just sacrificing themselves and for the sake of other people's lives. And it is it is really tiring because they have to take turns, like you said, but most of them have been working around the clock with no breaks. And they, even if someone asks them to take a break, 
they don't because they're like, no, me taking my break, maybe I will save someone because you can't just pull someone out of the rubble. Sometimes it takes about six or 10 hours to slowly dig in and make sure that you pull that person out alive without harming them. So it's a really difficult situation. Absolutely. Um, Now, for many people, I mean, looking at what the WHO said, they are looking at the numbers increasing. And we've seen that. I mean, you know, within a couple of hours, you see the number of people they've rescued and then compared to the number of people who've lost lives. But under the circumstances, that is expected. But many of Mm -hmm. these people are young children. And that's what the WHO is also looking at, that the number of young people affected by this, Um, you know, and this is going to be quite uh, a, a, an emotional and very difficult situation for many people in Turkey mm-hmm. to handle. These are future leaders, young people whose lives have been mm-hmm. lost. Um, you know, and no matter how much we try to make things, uh, change things or look at it from a different perspective, that emotion towards these young people is always going to be hurtful. Um, you know, I, I'm sure right now many parents all over are trying to give their, their best to, to, to try and help but at the same time, we're seeing schools damaged, universities damaged. Um, what happens from here? How would these, how would situations like this be handled? Um, you know, would there be people coming through from uh, sort of social agencies to help with regards to trauma counseling and that kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, definitely. Last night, the uh, family minister um, said that they have sent teams to the disaster areas to um, find unaccompanied unaccompanied children and they are currently trying to identify the children and match them with their families if the families are alive and she said that the ministry is taking care of these children Um, whoever can find their families and identify them will transfer them to their families. But right now the ministry ha- the ministry has full control. And um, the education ministry has also sent um, psycho- psychological counseling help. They have sent thousands and thousands of therapists and other um, counseling workers to the area to um, just provide immediate help to the people traumatized by the disaster. Um, and about schools, schools have been canceled for a week throughout the country right now, but we don't know what's going to happen after a week. Education is not likely to resume anytime soon in the disaster zones due to the damage. Mm-hmm. Um, but the education and family minister, ministries have pledged to just support the victims and um, you know, try to do what they can. To make sure that people overcome this period. Mm-hmm. For South Africans who are listening to our show this evening, what can we do? Um, you've asked for prayers, and I think that's something that everybody across the world, including South Africans, are mm-hmm. making lots and lots of prayer for mm-hmm. the, uh, people affected by the earthquakes, not just in Turkey, but um, in Syria as well, because we've seen the devastation mm-hmm. there. Um, some, many South Africans don't know if they have uh, you know, friends and family affected by this because there hasn't been much coming through at the moment. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's uh, due to the fact that you know, people are cut off. Um, there's no communication. 
currently mm -hmm. here of um, four prisoners who are safe and sound, even though the prison mm -hmm. was affected by this. But um, what would you, um, you know, say to us? What would you want from South Africans uh, as we as you go forward with the rescue and recovery taking place? Mm -hmm. Well, first and foremost, like you said, prayers are desperately needed. We desperately need prayers and just good energy coming in from all over the world. And if, you know, if people are able to, they can make donations to official government agencies that can distribute the funds to people in need. Um, and for Syria, really, it is extremely difficult right now because Syria, especially um, the opposition held area, which was affected by the earthquake, Mm -hmm. has been receiving aid from Turkey. And right now, Turkey needs aid itself. So it's a tragedy. It's a tragedy. It looks like there is nobody really to help the Syrians. And it's just so heartbreaking to see this situation unfold. Mm -hmm. um, but again, even for Syria, just government-owned government, government owned, um, official um, NGOs, would be reliable um, to make donations. Right now in Turkey, everybody is doing whatever they can, you know, bringing, if they can buy it, they, they buy um, new clothing, blankets, um, food, uh, shoes, anything and everything that is necessary right now. And if they can't, they're sending used ones it's it's people are calling it doomsday basically Absolutely, it's yes. doomsday all right well i think you know we can um while we sit here um in comfort knowing what's going on in the rest of the world uh, particularly in turkey and syria we make lots and lots of prayer for the people there may allah make it easy for them may he um, you know give success to getting as many people out as possible from the devastation that we've seen wrought across um turkey and inshallah, maybe, um, you know, more can be done from our side as uh, things unfold. I know that there are trauma units on its way or trauma personnel on their way today as well to Turkey from the gift of the givers and other parts of South Africa and other um, uh, organizations as well. So we hope that, um, you know, things on the ground stay stable for now. Um, I know there have been a few aftershocks, uh, quite major ones, but we're hoping mm -hmm. that stay um, stable so that uh, the rescue efforts can be done as quickly as possible. Shukran for your time, much appreciated. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome and all the best. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you. Wa alaikum salam. And that brings us to the end of today's show. And as we were saying, lots of prayer required um, for the people in Turkey and Syria, a really unprecedented um, devastation that's been uh, wrought uh, uh, you know, in these countries. Other parts of the Middle East have been affected as well, as you've heard um, Brother Turkmen um, Terzi say to us when he was speaking. Um, but, um, you know, we don't know. This could, uh, as, as the time goes on, more uh, of these aftershocks can be felt. It's, uh, Turkey sits on a huge tectonic plate. In fact, most of Turkey is very um, prone to earthquakes and large ones, it seems, because of the situation or the, or the ground that, that they are on. Um, so that is unfortunately the situation. But we make lots of dua that uh, all goes well and things can be brought to normal as soon as possible, although normal 
for them will look very different in time to come. From me, Jazakallah khair for listening. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu.